0: Welcome to Locked on Yankees. I'm Jesse Spector, the editor of LockedOnYankees.com, a lifelong New Yorker and a former Daily News and Sporting News guy, now found in a variety of other places as a freelancer, including here. It'll be fun. Let's have fun. And the Yankees had some fun on Sunday. Uh, Had some fun the whole weekend, really, beating Cleveland three straight times. Uh, But Sunday was really special. Domingo Herman with six no-hit innings before he was pulled... You know, just entirely for pitch count. He'd only thrown 61 pitches as his season high in the game against Houston, where he came in in relief of Jordan Montgomery, who's now in the DL, and whose rotation spot he was taking. So the Yankees pulled him after 84 pitches. Perfectly reasonable, despite what people screaming on Twitter might tell you, because he was pitching an O-hitter. This guy's 25 years old. He's in you know his first full, real go-around in the Major Leagues. So I know he you know, had time last year, but this was his first Major League start. Pulling him after 84 pitches is no big deal, especially when you saw the Dodgers have a combined no-hitter uh, just this weekend against the Padres in Mexico. So no issues with pulling Domingo Herman. Issues with uh, Don Batanzas' performance, that is for sure, and not being able to go into a second inning the way that he has previously in his career. Pitched a great seventh, uh, one, 2 three, seventh inning, came back out for the eighth, couldn't get anybody out. Jonathan Holder came in and... He eventually got outs, but, you know, four runs. And that, uh, between between Batances and, and Holder, four runs. And that, however, did set the stage for another Yankee comeback. And Glaber Torres, <laughs> another three-run homer for Glaber Torres. He's got uh, two three-run homers in his last four games. He's had uh, three RBIs in three of the last four games. Uh, this guy's for real. I, I don't know. I feel like this is now uh, the second or third time I'm saying the Glaber Tours is for real. He's for real. Uh, so walk-off home run, wild celebration, second time in three days for that. Yankees' homestand continues on Tuesday, so they've got a day off in New York, and the day off feels like it has been forever because this was a run of 18 games in 18 days for the Yankees. We'll talk about that in just a second. Later today, we'll talk, uh, talk about Brandon Drury and where he's at in rehab. And also look ahead to the Red Sox series, uh, but this was the end of that run of 18 games in 18 days for the Yankees. And just remember for a second where the Yankees were on their last off day, April 18th. They just lost 9-1 to the Marlins. They were 8-8. and There were a lot of question marks about when all sorts of players would get going in the rotation, whether it was Masahiro Tanaka or uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, and then you know, the, the lineup was just up and down. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton in particular. And, and Stanton hasn't entirely gotten himself going, but he's he's definitely perked up. He's got an OPS over 800 uh, over that 18-game stretch. So you know, even though it's not all there for him, he's gotten going somewhat. Uh, but not only all that, but the A's are about to face a real gauntlet of teams. They had... Uh, the improved Blue Jays to start it off. A Twins team that was their wildcard opponent last year. Trip to Anaheim and Houston, always tough. And, and The two best teams in the AL West. And the playoff rematch with Cleveland back at home. So what did the Yankees do? They went 16-2. and They took three out of four from the Jays. They swept four from the Twins. Three from the Angels. Took three out of four in Houston. Came back home and swept Cleveland. Yankees scoring margin for these last 18 games in 18 days was 107 to 48. 107 to 48 in 18 games. That's just out of control. 107 to 48. I mean that's uh it's five point nine scored per game and two point seven allowed per game. Just wild. The Yankees scored at least four runs in all but two of the games. They allowed two runs or fewer in nine of the 18. They only allowed more than three runs five times. It's just, it's nuts. They had Luis Severino throw a complete game shutout. They had another shutout that was one inning of Jordan Montgomery, four innings of Domingo Herman, and the rest of the bullpen. And the Yankees really seem like they found something in Herman here. This was, if this was an audition to keep this roster spot, well, not just this roster spot, but this rotation spot, while Jordan Montgomery's on the DL, uh, Domingo Herman passed with flying colors, and really showed the Yankees what he could do, because that is not a bad Cleveland lineup, that he shut down for six innings, he struck out nine, walked two, didn't give up a hit, first major league start, that's what you do, that's incredible. So things are, uh, things are looking good for the Yankees with the Red Sox coming to town. And uh, things are looking not too bad for the Red Sox either. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. For now, I should tell you that if you would like to advertise on Locked On Yankees, you can and should. And the way to do that is to send an email to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. And we'll get you taken care of. That's LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. Com. So one person who has not been uh, with the Yankees during this stretch of 18 games is Brandon Drury. Uh, Brandon Drury has been on the disabled list. He has been uh, recovering from uh, serious migraines and blurred vision uh, that, that put him on the disabled list. I think it's kind of a surprise to everybody that that was what was going on with him and but that was a thing that, you know, he'd been going to the plate with blurred vision uh, during his, you know, not just with the Yankees, but during his career. So Drew, was was uh, 5 for 23 before he went on the DL. He last played on April 6th, and he has been rehabbing in the minor leagues. Uh, he was started with uh, Scranton in AAA. Uh, Scranton went on the road, and he, he moved over to Trenton uh, in A. And on Sunday, he was 2 for 3 with a homer as the DH for Trenton. Uh, which is interesting. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Drury's now 11 games into his rehab. That was his first homer. Uh, but overall, in the rehab, he's hitting 361 with a 955 OPS. Sure seems like a guy who doesn't have a whole lot more rehab to do. Though The Yankees are clearly taking their time, in at least in part, because there's not an urgent need for him on the big league roster. And there's a big question of. You know, what his role is, what Drury's role is, when he does return to the major leagues. Drury's only de-aged and played third base on rehab. Uh, but you know it, during the time that he's been out, Miguel Andujar is up to 106 at-bats now. And he's got a 781 OPS. He, he didn't have a great weekend against Cleveland, but you know, he's had 12 doubles and hit, hit with some home run power too. He's got three home runs, played a pretty good third base, It, it's not, maybe not the lock that it felt like last week that like you know Miguel Andujar's got third base on lock, but it it's tough to see you know Brandon Drury coming up and saying, all right Miguel, nice job you know go back to Scranton and see what you can do there because we we need to get your regular at bats Miguel Andujar needs regular at bats in the major leagues right now Uh, because he he does seem like a guy who's streaky. Uh, and when he's hot, he's real hot, and when he's cold, you know it's, it's not not as good. You know, obviously, obviously, when he's hot, it's great. But it's, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. And he's he's in a stretch right now, maybe where it looks like he's not as hot, and you know that that plays. But what do you do? What do you do? C- could you maybe play Drury at third base and Andujar at first? Maybe. But Greg Bird is probably a couple weeks away from coming back. And you've got Neil Walker showing signs of life over there now. You know, Walker had a big double to tie the game on Sunday. And Tyler Austin's barely playing as it is. You'd think Austin is the guy who gets option to scrant when Bird comes back, if not when Drury does. So I, I don't think that's uh, too big of a question. Uh, you know, Tyler Austin's had some real good moments for the Yankees, but hasn't, shown a great ability to to do it with consistency. So I think that's just kind of his lot right now is that he is a guy that you can send to Scranton and say, you know, go get some regular at-bats and uh, and we'll get you back when you need you. Cause it because it's not helping him any to play, you know, twice a week right now. It's just not not optimal for him to be a platoon first baseman where he's at in his development. So we'll see what happens with him, but, you know, it, it's still... The question is very much there of, of what happens to Drury. Uh, could he be you know, something like a supercharged Ronald Torres with maybe a little bit more starting action? You know, much as everyone loves Torres as a bench guy, the Yankees have the least invested of him of pretty much any of their infielders. But then if that's what the Yankees are thinking with Drury, wouldn't they be moving him around the infield more on his rehab? I, I don't know. I don't know what you do there, and the other thing we don't really know is, is how Brandon Drury adjusts to a you know a non-starting role. I think I feel like the Yankees in acquiring Drury had had an idea that he could be a starter for them, and that would really unleash him. You know, sort of that part time will get you a bunch of at bats, but it's you know, it's not going to be any kind of one thing regularly. Is sort of where he was with the D-backs. And it didn't help him all that much. The are hoping to get this guy to another level. You know, they saw something in him when they made that trade, and beyond just the versatility and the the player, the the team-friendly uh, structure with him. That you know, he's still years away from free agent. They they got the team control with with jewelry, and he's a young guy that they can work with. Uh, obviously, they started him at third base and had him in there as their guy over Andujar. Exactly how the fact that Andujar has shown himself to be a capable major leaguer over this month with Drury out of the lineup, uh, how that changes things remains to be seen. And I I don't feel like the Yankees necessarily have the answer. And so long as they don't have the answer and they don't have a wide-open need... Uh, Brandon Drury's rehab assignment is going to continue. It might go to, you know, maybe to the maximum. You just don't know. And, you know, so much of it is about getting this very tricky thing under control and, and making sure that you know, he's okay and good to go when he does come back. But it's uh, it's a big question mark that, that is hanging over both him and the Yankees right now as an organization. So we'll see where it all goes. We'll see where it all goes when, uh, when Brandon Drury comes back, because that day is coming. We just don't know when exactly yet. So watch this space as, as far as that is concerned, and uh, it's, it's not the last that we're going to talk about Brandon Drury's role. To continue to hear about Brandon Drury's role and everything else with the Yankees, you should be subscribing to Locked on Yankees and download every episode and hear the variety of hosts that we've got on here. We've got me, we've got Larry Fleischer, we've got Omari Brown, we've got the combo pack of Sean St. Jacques and Gary Phillips, who do a great job as well. They, all, all the other hosts do a great job and far better than me. So to hear all of them, what you need to do is subscribe to Locked on Yankees, and you can do that on your iTunes, on your Stitcher, on your Google Play on your Podbean, on basically whatever it is that you are subscribing to podcasts to. If you're not finding it, then send an email to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com or tweet to at LockedOnYankees and we'll be glad to either get you the appropriate link so that you can find it or you know, find the podcasting service, track them down and say, hey, put Locked on Yankees on your service. I think we've pretty much done most of that by now though, so. Just let us know, and we'll be glad to help you out. All right. So the Yankees have a day off. That's something. Uh, but coming up after the day off, they better be well rested because it's the Boston Red Sox. First place team, best team in baseball, coming to town. Uh, the Red Sox are 15-7 and seven since the Yankees left Fenway Park in April, which is obviously not as hot as the Yankees' 18-3 and three run over the same stretch. But that's still a 110-win pace over a full season that the Red Sox have played for the last uh, 22 games that they've played. And, and that really tells you just how insane it is that over three and a half weeks, the Yankees have made up three and a half games on them. The Yankees are 18-3. and three. They've made up three and a half games. And they're still in second place by a game in the American League East. So that's uh, that's where we're at heading into this series. It's uh, a 20 20- and nine team against a 24 and 10 team. And we'll see where things go from there. The stakes are obvious. You know, if the Yankees take two out of three, they'll be tied for the best record in baseball with 125 games to play. If the Yankees sweep, they'll be in first place with the best record in baseball and a pretty soft schedule ahead over the next couple of weeks. And pretty much the Yankees have Washington, Oakland at home and then they go to. Washington, which is you know, obviously tough, and the Nats are playing better now But then KC in Texas. Uh, traditionally tough places for the Yankees to play, but those are teams that are not at the same caliber of competition as what the Yankees have been facing, so you'd be confident in them over that. If the Red Sox win this series, the tone is set that the Yankees have their work cut out. Getting past the team that won the AL East last year is the best in the sport this year, and that they don't see again until the last weekend in June. And I think that you'll, if the Red Sox do win this series, I think that you'll start to see questions, and, and maybe this goes back to Drury and that infield logjam of what do the Yankees need to do to upgrade themselves? And the the fairly clear area where they can make some upgrades is in the pitching. Right. As, as good as the pitching has been, you know, you're still looking at, Louis Severino is the clear ace. Masahiro Tanaka has been fantastic, by and large, outside of those you know, two dud starts when it seemed like he just kind of went through something. But still, there there are questions about Tanaka and the amount of home runs that he gives up and whether he's at the top level that he can be at. CC Sabathia has been fantastic uh, this season, but he's also 37, and you know, there's always that constant wonder of, you know, is, is the other two going to drop? Sonny Gray uh, has been better in his last two starts and especially good on Saturday. But you do need to see uh, a little bit more out of him right now. And then you've got Domingo Herman, who has one major league start in his career. And you know, Jordan Montgomery will be back in six to eight weeks, most likely. But you just don't know. And and then there's the bullpen, where Dylan Batances, uh... Doesn't seem to be the guy, that the kind of multi inning threat that he once was. And it's always kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of deal with him and which Delmatenses you're going to get. Uh, Tommy Canely and Adam Warren being on the DL doesn't help things any. And, you know, Aroldis Chapman has been pretty solid. Chad Green's been real good. Uh, and, and David Robertson has had a couple of hiccups, but for the most part has been real good. But there is room there to add yeah you, know, you can you can see where the room is to to add as far as pitching goes for the Yankees cuz the outfield is fairly jammed the infield is fairly jammed and if if something's going to happen in the outfield you would think that it would be uh Clint Frazier getting called up to to take some ABs and and see if he can stick in in his sort of role and and he's gotten off to a pretty good start in in Scranton since he got up there so so all of that is going on uh, with the Yankees, and and we'll see where things go as far as what happens coming out of this series. The, the pitching matchups for this series, I think it's important to note, uh, no Chris Sale for the Red Sox since he pitched on Sunday, struck out 12 in Texas. Uh, missing Chris Sale early in the season is always a good thing. You know what the Yankees uh, did against him back at Fenway, which was just about nothing. Uh, one one run in six innings, and he struck out the world. Uh, the pitching matchups that we do have here uh, are are different because the you know it's similar pitchers, but some guys you've seen, some you haven't. Uh, the Yankees did see David Price and Rick Porcello in Boston, and Price uh, will go Wednesday against Matsuhiro Tanaka. Porcello will go Thursday night against Sabathia. Uh, the Tuesday matchup is Drew Pomeranz against Severino. Severino has something to prove, prove here against the Red Sox after the way that they hit him up in Boston. And Severino's coming off that first complete game shutout of his major league career uh, in Houston. And he does get uh, does get an extra day of rest off of that. So that's a, a well-timed thing for the Yankees that they have the day off on Monday before Severino's next turn in the rotation. And, you know, he's the guy on that you want to have on the mound to set the tone for this series. Uh a series that is important to the Yankees to to show that they have uh become the team that they've been over the past eighteen games and, and become a different team and figured a lot of things out uh, since they left Boston at six and seven. It's it's funny now out know, here in it's it's early May and the Yankees are twenty four and ten. They were six and seven. They've been eighteen and three since then. You know, I I don't think they're as bad as a six and seven team. I don't think anybody is as good as eighteen and three. But what what a turnaround that the Yankees have had to go on this kind of a hot streak against the quality of competition that they've had, and particularly. Particularly these last ten games, and going nine and one in a stretch against the Angels, Houston, and Cleveland is just mind-boggling. Because those are playoff caliber teams. You know, you're going to see either Houston or Anaheim, if not both, in the playoffs. Cleveland's at 500 right now, but they are. Fairly clearly the class of the AL Central. And the, the Twins are not as bad as they looked at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but I don't think they're on Cleveland's level. And then you've got uh, the Royals who are not intentionally tanking. And the Tigers and White Sox who are. So it, Cleveland's a playoff team. It, it, the Yankees basically took down three playoff level teams and took them down hard over the last 10 games, the last 10 days. And and that is whatever happens against Boston. That is something that is not to be forgotten because uh, that is what the Yankees are capable of doing. And, yeah, you're never as good as you look when you're at your best. You're never as bad as you look when you're at your worst. But, yeah, they, that's a real good stretch of baseball the Yankees have played. And, It's weird to think that you don't want a day off after 18 in a row. But, boy, things have been good for the Yankees. We'll see if they keep it going. Stay tuned here to Locked on Yankees. We'll have you covered every day of this series. Because we're a five days a week podcast. That's what we do. So stick around, stay tuned, and we will see you next time.